First Peter chapter 4 and verse 17. And these are very solemn verses that we're dealing with tonight. And this was the verse that God shot into my mind late last night as I was thinking about the meeting for this evening. In verse 17 it says, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? I want to lift out tonight the last few words of verse 17. What shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? I want to just in the moments that we have, I want you to think about these few words tonight. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take them back to front. I want you to think for a moment of the greatest message that has ever been heard. The gospel of God. We've been listening tonight to two testimonies. Two stories of what God can do in a life. And you know, dear friends, tonight we live in a world of bad news. Every time you turn on Nolan, every time you lift the paper, every time you turn on the television, it's bad news. I wonder if there's someone in this meeting tonight and in the past week you've got bad news. You got a phone call from the hospital. And you've heard the voice of the doctor or the nurse or the consultant coming down the line. And it's been bad news. Maybe there's a businessman here and you've been doing the, the accounts, getting the tax returns through. And maybe sometime during the day you're at work and the phone rings and it's the accountant and he begins to talk to you about the, the statistics and the figures. And you put the phone down and it's bad news. Maybe there's someone here and you know what it is whenever you're brought into the office and your boss is there and he tells you to sit down and he, he tells you about the whole circumstance with work and you get bad news. And you walk out and your whole world is just crumbling all around you. Bad news. Well, I want to say, dear friends, tonight in this meeting, as we come to a close, this is the worst news that you can hear tonight. And I want you to listen to it before I tell you the good news. That every single man, woman, boy, and girl in this hall tonight, irrespective of, of your age, your intellect, or how wealthy you may be, I want to tell every one of you that you were born and I was born into this world as a sinner. Sinner. You know, we live in a world of fiction. We live in a world where men and women love to concoct stories and uh, put out great plans in their imaginations. Men will write fiction stories and fiction films. But I want to say tonight, whenever you come to the reality of sin, it's a fact. It's a fact. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I want you to think of that tonight. And as you maybe sit in this meeting and you're not saved, the weight of your sin and your shame and your guilt may well bear heavy upon your soul. 
We've heard it already tonight, for the wages of sin is death. But not only is it a fact of sin, I want you to think for a moment or two about the filthiness of sin. Filthiness. I wonder, some of you men here tonight, have you ever, whenever you're working in the yard and you've put your hand maybe into a bucket or into a barrel and you've pulled out a rag? It's been filthy. You, you would never dream of bringing that rag of dirt and filth to your wife. You would never dream of bringing that rag full of all the impurity and dirtiness and giving it to your child. Well, the Word of God tells us that all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags in the sight of God. And dear men and women, tonight in this very meeting, if you're depending on good works, it's just like a filthy rag. If you're depending on your church or confirmation or baptism or how good you are or paying into society, here's a word from heaven to your soul coming to the end of a Sunday evening. All your sin, all your righteousness are as filthy rags. There's the fact of sin. There's the filthiness of sin. But I want you to think for a moment of the finality of sin. Sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. I was thinking today, I was just going over in my mind for the meeting tonight. I wonder who out of this gathering will be the first person to die. You say, Stephen, it'll not be me, could it not? You say to me, Stephen, uh, I feel well and I've got plenty of years ahead. I've got a big day's week, big day's work planned ahead tomorrow. Plenty of things to do. I'll not die. The word of God says it is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. They tell me that three people die every second in the world. And I want to tell you, dear men and women tonight, some seconds going to have your name on. It'll not matter how healthy you are. It'll not matter how well you feel. It'll not matter if you're lying in your bed at night. Suddenly the language will come. That, 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 that uh, real element of death will come into your room and just suddenly you'll breathe your last and go out into eternity. Sin. But I want to tell you tonight the good news. I want to tell you that while you and I were born in sin and shaping in iniquity, while we were born far, far, far away from God, while we were born with a nature to disobey God and rebel against Him, while every single one of us were hell-bent and going our own way and doing our own thing, I want to tell you, I want to tell you that God loves you tonight. And I want to tell you that He went out of His way and He sent His Son, His only begotten Son. I'm glad He didn't send an angel. I'm glad he didn't send an apostle or a prophet or a teacher. My, he gave the best that he had. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And I want to tell you, not only did he give him to the world, but he gave him into the hands of wicked men. My, on the cross of Calvary, the Son of God, God manifest in the flesh, there on the cross of Calvary, he bare our sins in his own body on the tree. And I don't care tonight how far you've sunk in the mire of sin.
I don't care how many sins and how many filthy deeds you've done over your life. I want to tell you because what the Lord Jesus has done on Calvary, because of the work that he finished, because of the work that he satisfied the wrath of God in full, there's not only the fact of sin, and there's not only the filthiness of it, and there's not only the finality of it. Oh, I want to say, thank God, there's a forgiveness from it. Forgiveness. Thou, God, art good and ready to forgive. The goodness of God. And you could be in this Friday meeting tonight and you're holding on to your religion, holding on to your works, holding on to your prayers, holding on to your profession. Would to God tonight that you would let it all go and cling, as Joshua said tonight, just to the Savior alone. And as old Wesley could pen, my faith has found a resting place. Not in device nor creed. I trust the ever-living one. His wounds for me shall plead. I need no other argument. I seek no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died. And that he died for me. You said to me, Stephen, how do you know that the Lord Jesus did a good enough job on the cross? How do you know whenever he went down into the sorrows and into the depths where there was no standing, how do you know he's done enough to save me in all of my sin? I want to tell you, dear friends, how I know he done a good enough job because on the third day the Father rose him again. Muhammad's dead tonight. My, the Pope will die. Your minister will die. But I'm glad tonight there's a man in the glory who ever lives to make intercession for us. And up from the grave he arose with a mighty victor o'er his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain and he lives forever with his saints And I want to tell you tonight, he wants to save you in this meeting. Dead religion will not save you. My, your confirmation will not save you. My millions of Buddhists and Muslims and even Catholics and Protestants that are depending on their works have died today and went out and they lost eternity. But I want to tell you down in the Lifeboat Fellowship at this Sunday evening, there's a Savior in this very hall tonight and burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Now I wonder tonight, would you want to be saved? Good news. You know, the Apostle Paul could talk about the truth of the gospel. We live in a world of fake news, fake media. You wouldn't know who to believe. World of deception and delusion. But I want to tell you, dear friends, whenever you come to this gospel message, this good news from God, it's the truth. It's the truth. Many men in this meeting could deceive you. I could even deceive you. But this book will not. There's the truth of the gospel. Paul, whenever he was writing to the church of Colossae, he talked about the hope of the gospel. That word is the assurance. I wonder, have you got assurance tonight? I wonder if you went home to your bed and God came into your room and he said, you're going to die tonight. I wonder, have you got assurance? I wonder, have you got that blessed assurance in your soul that all is well? If you were to die in this very meeting tonight, it would be absent with the body and present with the Lord. You know, I often say in the open air, I don't have much money and I don't have a big house, but there's one thing Stephen Riddle does have and no man will take it away from. Blessed assurance. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Have you got it tonight? Really? 
You see, this message is the, the good news from God. It's full. It's free. It's for you. Oh, let me say tonight, it's forever. Would you die for me? I'll tell you, Keith Shields is a big man. Big bouncer. You should, but Keith Shields is not big enough to die for me. Did he's not. There's not a man in this meeting tonight would die for Stephen. But I want to tell you, dear friend, tonight the Son of God died for me. Stretched out on an old Roman gibbet, crowned with thorns, with the spittle running down his face and his visage so marred more than any man. My, he was there for me. And I want to tell you, young man, young woman, mother, father, he was there for you. And while there's not a soul in this meeting would die for you, but God commandeth his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's good news. The greatest message that the world has ever heard. But then you go on and you'll find the greatest mistake that has ever been made. Did you ever make a mistake? Were you ever at work someday and you did, a, did something out of haste and something went wrong? Pushed the wrong bucket, button? Put the tractor into the wrong gear? Made the wrong phone call. And all those mistakes can be rectified. But I want to tell you, dear friends, our text says tonight, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel? Them that obey not. And I just want you to come with me in your mind tonight. And I would say every single soul in this meeting, you've heard the gospel for years. You've seen it on the, on the side of the lorries. You've seen it on the tacks on the tree. You've been walking the street and someone's put a gospel track into your hand. You, you've seen it on the billboards. You've been in gospel meet, meetings. You've been cradled on your mother's knee. And maybe even you've got a respect for the gospel. Maybe even tonight you could rehearse the gospel. But at this very moment in this meeting, you've refused the gospel. You've refused it. Oh, you say, I, 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 I believe that. Oh, I know the Lord Jesus died on the cross and I know he, he even died for me. But I don't, want, I don't want them in my life. You see, there's those in this meeting tonight, I'm sure that you even reject the message of the gospel. There's something in you even tonight as you're listening to this meeting just rising up in your soul with resentment and hatred. You would just love to get out tonight. You just want to get away out into the world and you want to do the things that your mother and father know nothing about. You just want to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And you're in this meeting and you have obeyed not the gospel. Maybe there's someone here and you've made an excuse. And you say, well, I'm not going to obey the gospel because I'm all right the way that I am. I, I haven't done anything really big. I haven't murdered any. I've never done drunk, drugs or never took drink. You know, as I sit here tonight, I'm really not that bad. Oh, friend, if God was to come upon you with all of his convicting power and to show you in all of your miserableness and reptile sin tonight, oh, we would flee to Calvary. But you're still disobeying the message of the gospel. Maybe there's someone here and you say, well, I've got my religion. And I'm a good parent. I'm a nice person. I'm a good neighbor. 
And you're holding on to so many things tonight. And if God was to close his hand, the cancer was to come, the heart attack was to come, the breath was to leave your body at this very moment, you go out into a lost eternity. And it'll not matter what the minister says at your gravesite. It'll not matter what they write on your headstone as the epitaph. It'll not matter if the sing at your graveside, abide with me, fast falls, even tide. While they're singing and while they're eulogizing you, you'll be out in a lost eternity. An opportunity of salvation will be over. Because you've disobeyed the gospel. I was reading this afternoon in Isaiah 28 and 15. We have made lies our refuge. And under falsehood, we hide. I wonder tonight what you're hiding under. I wonder is there a young man or a young woman in this meeting and you're hiding under the guise of a false profession. Oh, you are. And you know it. And you've been hearing testimonies of Gilbert and these men tonight and you can't identify with it one bit. Oh yes, you, you, you've read your Bible. And oh yes, you, you made a profession years ago, but there's nothing of God real in your life. And you've made lies your refuge and falsehood your hiding place. But this is what God went on to say in verse 17. I will sweep away your lies and your hiding place. I want to tell you that hell is full tonight of men that made profession. I want to tell you that men and, women, men and women are out on a lost eternity tonight. They may be even sat in the very seat where you're sitting. I remember preaching up on the north coast a few years ago. Preached my heart out. And everybody looked as if they were saved. Just like tonight. And I remember after the meeting I was walking down, down the aisle with tears coming out of my eyes. I said, God, would you not do something? Lord, when you not speak to somebody, just then the back door's open. And the wee girl ran down, she was about 19 years of age. And the tears running down her eyes, she could hardly even speak. And she'd come up onto the front row. And I said, Sarah, what's wrong? She says, I'm not saved. She says, I look after the disabled fellowship. I help out in the Sunday school. I'm not saved. My mother and father think that I am. But God has showed me tonight if I died, I would go to hell. And I said, Sarah, what are you going to do? She says, I want to get saved tonight and I want to know it. I want to get peace with God. And I remember that young 19-year-old girl getting down on the, on the bench at the front of that little church. And asking the Savior to save her, forgive her, to cleanse her. And I want to tell you, she got down on her knees as a sinner on her way to hell and got up a child of the living God. You know why? She stopped disobeying the gospel. That's what you need to do. She went home and told her mother and father. And tonight she's on fire for God. You know, I want to say to your friends tonight, Pilate was concerned about his soul. And you could be in this meeting and time and time again you've been concerned. Pilate was concerned. My, he looked into the eyes of the Lord Jesus and this is what he said, what shall I do then with Jesus? But I want to tell you, you could be concerned and not get saved. You remember the great man Felix. He was convicted. My feeling as he heard Paul preach of judgment and righteousness and temperance, 
He shook like a leaf under conviction. But he didn't get saved. What about King Agrippa? He was convinced because he said to Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. But I want to tell you, dear men and women, you could be convinced and convicted and concerned and still die and go to hell. What about Judas? Judas was close. Three and a half years with the master. Seen the dead raised, seen the lepers healed. And I want to tell you the most solemn thing about the life of Judas is this. Is whenever he was in the upper room, whenever the Lord, at night the Lord was going to be betrayed, he was in the upper room. And you remember he looked into the eyes of the Lord and he got up from the table. And the Lord said to Judas, what do you do? Do it quickly. And Judas got up from his seat and walked over to the door and walked out the door. Down the street and the Lord never even stopped him. I want to tell you, dear friend, tonight, you could make a choice in this meeting. And God could just let you go. God could just let you go. And Judas went down and he went down the steps and he got his 30 pieces of silver and he was so close and he died and was damned and he's still damned tonight. Them that obey not the gospel. But then I want to say not only is it the greatest message that was ever heard and the greatest mistake that was ever made, let let me close by saying something about the greatest misery that can ever be endured. Because our text tonight says, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? Did you ever think about the end? Do you ever think about the end? Solomon, the wisest man, he says in Proverbs 14 and 12, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end. The end. The end are off for the ways of death. I want to tell you what the end will be if you keep disobeying the gospel. And you could harden your heart in this meeting tonight and you'll say, I don't want to save you. I want my sin. I don't want to be saved. I don't want to get what Philip got or Joshua got. I don't want to, I don't want to be born again. I don't want the claims of God upon my life. And you could make a choice on the very seat in which you're sitting tonight could change your eternal destiny forever. Because it says in 2 Thessalonians 1 and 7 that the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels and flaming fire taking vengeance on them that obey not the gospel. I wonder as I close this meeting tonight, and you've been brought up in the gospel for years, and God has been speaking to you over recent days, and you know that you're not saved, and you know that you have a soul that's precious, and you know the Lord Jesus died for you. You know the precious blood has been shed, but there's something of rebellion and stubbornness and sin in your heart tonight, and you want to hold on to it. But God will let you. God will let you. And just like a millstone around your neck, if you're out in the sea, it'll take you right down. Right down. Men and women all across our province tonight are going down. That's the end. And this is what John said. 
Revelation chapter 20. And I want you to listen because this is what's going to happen to you if you don't obey the gospel. I want you to listen. He said, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And every man was judged out of those deeds which are written in the books according to their works. And death and hell give up the dead which were in them. And every man was judged out of the books according to the works. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. What an end. What an end. And friends, you have a decision to make in this meeting tonight if you're going to lay down your sin. Because I want to tell you, you not get what these men got tonight unless you repent of your sin. And you're going to have to say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin and I'm turning from it and I'm having repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you said in the very seat where you said, Lord, I'm tired of my sin, I'm tired of my shame, I'm tired of my bondage, would you save me tonight? I want to tell you, dear men and women, he'll save you in the very seat where you sit because God's as good as his word. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ? I want to tell you, friends, it's not a good end. But the word of God says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You know, Judas is still there. He's still there. Felix is still there. King Agrippa is still there. Pilate's still there. Hitler's still there. Mussolini's still there. I want to ask you a question. Is that where you're going? Will you be there? Oh, friend, what would you do if you were out in the van and you were swimming and you were sinking? What would you do? If you went down into the van and you were drowning and a man came out with a rope in his hand and had written on his shirt, lifeguard, would you say to him, I'll try a little bit longer? Would you say, I don't really need you at this very moment. I'll call on you at some more convenient season. I'll tell you what you'll do, friends. You would grab that man with all of your might and you would stop trying and you would trust that man with all of your soul. Well, you may not be sinking in the sea today. and You may not be sinking in the ban. But I want to tell you, if you're not saved, you're sinking in sin and you're fighting the battle that you're not going to win. And that's where the Lord Jesus could stand and I'd love to have seen him. He says, come. Come unto me. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you. Who are you tonight? Who's God speaking to us? So I can tell you, dear friend, you could go out of that door and it could be the last time that you're ever in the church. God could pull his fist tonight and you could die before you even get in your bed. You said to me, Stephen, it'll not happen to me, will it not? Bertie Johnson will get the text in the middle of the night. He's dead. She's dead. 
And we'll stand round your open grave and we'll say it was good to see them in the meeting. But you know what I'll say? Man dies and wastes us away. He giveth up the ghost. But where is he? Where is he? I want to say tonight, dear friends, if you leave this meeting and you haven't got Christ, I'll know where you're going. You're going down. Would you not come to the Savior tonight? Would you not come? Would you not say, Lord, I'm, I'm tired of my sin? Would you not say, Lord, I'm sick of serving the devil? I'm tired of the drink and adultery and pornography and immorality. Trying to, tired, Lord, of trying to fight the drink and the anger and the bitterness. Tired of it, Lord, it's destroying me tonight. Well, I want you to do something for me. Whenever we sing this last hymn, what I want you to do is I want you to go out through that back door and I want you to come around and me and Bertie will be in that room tonight. But God's speaking to some soul in this meeting. And I want to tell you, dear friend, don't make a mistake that you'll regret for all of eternity, for Judas kissed the very door. What shall the end be of them, of you, that obey not, obey not the gospel?